Type Network presents The views and opinions expressed in the Pisada Tales are solely those of the individuals involved and do not represent those of the people, institutions, or organizations that they may or may not be associated with professionally or personally unless explicitly stated. Any content provided by the host and guests are of their own knowledge and opinion and do not intend to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, or individual. Through education, you can also better yourselves in other ways. You learn how to learn, how to think critically and find solutions to unexpected challenges. Education also teaches you the value of discipline. You can learn how to be a better human being. To another episode of the Pizarra Tales. I'm B. Poblete, or Miss Pobs, as my students call me. And usually, along with my high school buddy Jay, we share our thoughts and experiences as young millennial teachers here. But for today, I am flying solo again to give you a special mini episode about our favorite and probably the most notorious learning resource, Wikipedia. But before we get into that, I want to thank all of our listeners for continuing to listen to this podcast. You can find all of our previous episodes on Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple. The Pissarra Tales is part of the Filipinas Indie Podcast and Entertainment Network, or Pipe Network for short. You can also check out our Facebook group, The Teacher's Lounge by the Pissarra Tales. The reason why I wanted to talk about Wikipedia is because last Jan 15th, last Saturday, it was the International Wikipedia Day, a day to celebrate Wikipedia. I'm sure everyone listening to this, without exception, knows what Wikipedia is, but in case you've been living in, under a rock with no internet, Wikipedia is an online encyclopedia. It's the online version of those many, many volumes that people used to collect or have in our libraries, and it's a useful tool just like those. It's a huge store of information, and I think that, you know, even though Wikipedia has only been around for a little over 20 years, Life has really changed because of it. I don't think that the way that we research information or the way that we look for information would be the same without Wikipedia, which is why we have to think about Wikipedia in the educational context. Like, how has it affected how students research and how teachers look for references? So for this episode, I kind of wanted to focus on students because I know that many, many students, mine included, are very frustrated about the banning of Wikipedia as a like, citation source. Like, why can't you cite Wikipedia in your schoolwork, like in your papers or projects? And in the later half of the episode, I kind of wanted to talk about how we can use, how you as a student can use Wikipedia instead, some tips from the teacher side of things. So first, let's get into why is it banned as a reference in all papers, all lab reports, all projects? English teachers really hate it. <laughs> Don't bring it up with them. Because, you know, if you think about it logically, you can cite the Encyclopedia Britannica. So if you do have the Encyclopedia in your house and you cite it, that's like valid. If you go to the Encyclopedia Britannica online, so they've uploaded basically all of their Encyclopedia entries online, you can cite that, so why can't you cite Wikipedia? I can understand why it's, I think, attractive to use Wikipedia as a reference, because everything you need is there. Literally every topic under the sun, whether it's something in math, something in history, 
okay, not so much in Philippine history, it's kind of dry there, but then something in world history, something in philosophy, like every idea, almost every idea is represented in Wikipedia. And it's such an easy database to search. You don't need to go out to a library. So the sad truth is that libraries here are not accessible. We don't have access to public libraries where you can check out reference books or whatever book you need. And even your school libraries, I'm sure, are not very accessible at this point because of the schools being closed and all. And because all of that is inaccessible, you've got to search for everything that you need online. Also, in Wikipedia, the information is usually up to date. Like as soon as a as in like a major celebrity or some other famous person dies, their Wikipedia page is updated like within minutes of the announcement. So the information is so up to date, usually more so than textbooks. If you're looking for textbooks online, you might find things from the 70s or 80s, and you're sure the information there would be way outdated compared to what you might find on Wikipedia. Also, the information, all of the articles in Wikipedia are edited and reviewed, so you know that because if you've ever been one of the kind of people who vandalizes the pages, so like you can edit it and then like, let's say you can change someone's name to something silly or something rude, or you can change something in, so in like a historical figure's bio, you can change something about an explanation of a theorem, so you can edit Wikipedia, it's open for that. But any like malicious wrong edits usually get flipped around or undone really quickly. But I kind of want to put a pin in that. So even though Wikipedia is a great source, there are obviously some cons with it. What I find as a casual Wikipedia browser is that it usually only has simplified explanations or brief explanations. So by simplified, I mean that it's super basic. Like if it's going to explain something like the water cycle, it just gives you like three basic steps. Or it could give you a brief explanation. So they try to give you like the shortest explanation possible, like one sentence, one paragraph. And sometimes that can include a lot of jargon or technical terms. So it's going to be this one paragraph full of technical terms that you need to search each one and it doesn't make much sense to you. Yes, I know that Wikipedia does put a note or banner at the top if the article is too simplified, if they feel like its information is insufficient. And yes, I know that the editors are really quick to correct those vandalized pages that I mentioned earlier. So if someone changes the information maliciously and they, you know, just make it wrong, the lovely editors in Wikipedia change it really, really quickly. And yes, they put footnotes on things that lack proof or may just be a rumor. So if something sounds like hearsay, there's going to be a footnote or a note on it. But all of those things that I think Wikipedia has developed over the years it's still not enough by our current academic standards. So most textbooks or academic references, the ones that your teacher will accept in your reference section, they go through rigorous reviews and edits by experts in those fields. They release newer editions of the textbooks to keep up with the time so that it's still updated, even though it's not updated as quickly as Wikipedia is. And the important thing here is the expert part. So experts create these academic references, peer-reviewed journal, uh, well-known textbook. Those are made by and edited by many, many experts. Sometimes you might see hundreds of names in the credits page of your textbook. Whereas Wikipedia pages, they can be edited by anyone. They're not necessarily experts. Sometimes I think that experts go on the Wikipedia page like they just can't scratch the itch 
<laughs> they just gotta fix what's wrong there. But the people editing these pages are not necessarily experts in that field. I know many of the volunteers are great researchers, and lots of the information there is actually accurate. But lots does not mean all. And if you happen to need the one page that's not accurate, and you think it's accurate, and you spout that information as gospel truth, then you might be in trouble. Also, I don't know if you notice this, sometimes if you look at the footnotes on the site, so if you look at the Wikipedia article, you'll see that each sentence, each claim in the article has a footnote um, linking you to the reference. And sometimes the reference is just like, whatever. <laughs> it's just some random thing that doesn't necessarily claim what the sentence claims. Or the sentence kind of misconstrues what the original reference was claiming. Or the reference is a dud, like it'll claim to reference some book from the 1800s that you have no way of verifying whether the book actually says that. And I think that like all of those reasons that I mentioned is why teachers do not accept Wikipedia as a valid reference for your schoolwork. Many teachers think it's being lazy because it's so easily accessible. I know that this sounds like a very like boomerish kind of <laughs> criticism that, oh, you just go on your laptop and type a little things and then you get all the information. And back in my day, we used to, we used to have to climb the reference shelves and memorize the Dewey decimal system or whatever. Like, so that's not a very good <laughs> criticism in my opinion. And Interestingly, some teachers are actually changing their minds about Wikipedia. Some, personally, I think that Wikipedia is a great reference and you can use it as a reference today, but not the sole reference. I think I would be lying if I said that I did, as a teacher, didn't use it. And as, also as a student, back when I was a student, I used it a lot. Like, <laughs> if I had to cite every Wikipedia article that I used to write, like a single lab report or paper, or even to make my lesson plans, then that reference thing would just be miles and miles. I'll just do a quick break, and when I get back, I'll start talking about how I, as a teacher and a student, used Wikipedia as a reference. So that's how you can also use it and work around those rules of Wikipedia being banned as a reference. Did you know that podcasts are the new radio? You can listen to your favorite shows anytime, anywhere, on demand. Visit the Pilipinas Indie Podcast and Entertainment Network at pipenetwork.co to see our list of shows. And like us on Facebook to get updates on our latest episodes, events, promos, and freebies. The Pipe Network, taking podcasting to the next level. Hi, my name is Mark Adam and I'm the host of Quantox the Podcast, a podcast show that we can discuss different hot trending topics from love, social media, politics, and many more. May pagkulitan makipagkwentuhan lang dito sa Quantox the Podcast. See you there! And we're back. Before the break, I was talking about the many scattered reasons why teachers don't accept Wikipedia as a valid reference in your papers, your schoolwork, whatever you might need to make for school. And also, I kind of mentioned a little bit about how some people are changing their minds about that. And I wanted to talk about that a little bit more. So personally, as a teacher, I will not accept a paper that is written on the solid foundation of just Wikipedia as the reference. I do not allow Wikipedia in the reference section, in the citations. 
because I have to follow the school's rules. But personally, you know, as, as not as a teacher, but as a citizen, I love to use Wikipedia. I think it's a great reference. And I understand why teachers don't, you know, for all the reasons I mentioned, teachers don't want you to have it in your citation section. Because aside from all those reasons I mentioned, it also looks, because of the connotations of Wikipedia being that free, online, easily edited resource, it looks super unprofessional. It's just not a good look. And so the way that I use Wikipedia as a reference is basically as a starting point for research. The research online, like using Google Scholar, Google Books, you kind of don't know where to start. And Wikipedia is a good place to tell you where to start. So the first thing I use Wikipedia for, especially when making lesson plans, is to make a topic outline. So you know how in Wikipedia they've got like headers for each article? And those usually make good topic outlines for you to research on. So they give you kind of like the keywords or the key ideas that you need to read up more on. And it's got a, like usually these articles are really well written. So they've got a good flow. They've got a good framework that you can build on with the valid references. The second thing is when a reference mentions something that I don't understand. <laughs> like if there's a term or an, I, like a concept that I don't understand, I'll go onto Wikipedia to kind of learn more about it in a simpler way. Or like Wikipedia sometimes have GIFs and pictures to explain things that other books don't have. And so that's, I kind of use it like an encyclopedia, which is basically what it is. Because, you know, the dictionary, it doesn't, it doesn't give you everything. And the third thing that I use it for is to amend or cross-check it against old references. So I have some textbooks that are Let's say it's the sixth edition, and now there's a twelfth edition, so I'm six editions behind. And the twelfth edition probably has all of the changes in the information, so it's up to date. But my sixth edition from God knows when, <laughs> it's super outdated. And so what I'll do is that I'll check that reference, like the thing I studied in high school, against what's now in Wikipedia, and then I'll kind of look more into it. So one example of that is like, in high school, we were learning about the different kingdoms of life. So in um, taxonomy, there's that hierarchy of the kingdoms, the domains. And we only had, how many kingdoms did we have? I think we had six kingdoms. If my high school teachers are listening to this, please don't revoke my diploma. But I think we had five or six kingdoms, depending on the teacher then, when I was in high school. So, you know, as the years go by, information gets updated Things like taxonomy are really malleable and they change a lot. So what I use Wikipedia for is that you can just check, like, what's the latest word on it? Like, what have they agreed on? What are we following now? And then I'll kind of mishmash that together with what I know. So I don't know if that's valid. I don't know if that's a good way of doing research, but it works for me. So using Wikipedia as a starting point for the research and not like the end-all only reference is, I think, the most responsible way to use it now, since we don't accept it as a reference. You just look for the topics, the keywords, and then from there, I'll search Google Books for some textbooks or Google Scholar for peer-reviewed journals. Although with peer-reviewed journals, you know, as a student, you don't really have the cash to break the paywall. So a lot of peer-reviewed journal articles are behind a paywall. It's like, 
got to shell out dollars. It's always in dollars. Got to shell out several dollars, euros, just to view an article that you're not sure you need. And I think that's a, the paywall is a topic for another day. It's a whole topic in itself. We might make a different episode on it. But in the meantime, so anything that you can, there are some open access journals. And so I'll use those and use them to like kind of beef up my topic outline from Wikipedia. All in all, I think it's right for teachers to be wary about online sources because of just widespread misinformation and how easy it is to just lie about anything online. There's this, I think there's this tweet that went around before. It's just like, I love Twitter because you can just come on here and claim anything and people will think it's real. And it's true. Many of us just read headlines of links and we don't open the articles. So people get away with claiming all sorts of things and misinformation is super duper rampant online. So teachers have that right to be distrustful of online sources, especially ones that look a bit sketchy because we want our students to be able to discern what's true and what's not true. And in their final paper, we want them to be referencing things that they see are true. At the same time, I think that teachers, especially the older teachers, they have to recognize that print media as we know it, so magazines, newspapers, and textbooks, they're changing. Print media is on its way out, which is a sad truth for people who love printed word like me. And it's really changed the way that we've researched. The internet is making research look really different from going to the library, checking the... What do you call those? The libraries like cards? I did reach the Dewey Decimal System, but I don't remember it anymore because it's, it's useless to me now. But you had to look through those topic cards and then you had to look, go through the shelf with all the stuff you need, open books, check their tables of contents. And that was what research was like before. Research now, I think it's easier to find stuff. It's harder to sift through the information and verify things and see what's real, what isn't, what is just made up by the person who wrote this and posted it online. And I think that that's what we should be focusing on rather than what is the form that the reference takes. Like, not all print media is correct. There are textbooks, especially here in the Philippines, we've got lots of cases of textbooks being wrong. And I think that we should focus more as educators on the quality of information rather than the reputation of the source. I believe that because of that, that in a few years maybe, or maybe even sooner than that, the way that teachers view references like Wikipedia might change as Wikipedia itself continues to change. So it's getting more and more accurate. And I think there are just more and more people working on it and editing it and just you know making it a better reference and a better store of information. But for now, we've got to keep using it on the side, on the down low, and just hide it. But however we use it, Let's all be thankful for all of the volunteers who keep our favorite and most notorious online encyclopedia running. So thank you to all the volunteers and thank you listeners for finishing this episode. If you've gotten this far, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Pizarre Tales for any updates, new episodes, we post them there. And also you can reach out to us there if you have any messages or comments. You can also email us at thepisaratales at gmail.com. The original theme music that you heard and are about to hear was composed by EJ Edralin. Once again, this is Miss Pobbs wishing you a wonderful day. <laughs> <laughs>